This Dharma talk was recorded at Prairie Mountain Zen Center in Longmont, Colorado. Well, welcome back, everyone. This is week two of our Prairie Mountain Zen Center winter 22 class on gratitude, faith, and compassion. Last week, in week one, we looked at how practicing gratitude can be an antidote to our suffering, our fear, and vulnerability. And tonight, we're looking at it, practicing gratitude as an antidote to doubt, resistance, and anger. So thank you again, Jodo-san, for encouraging and supporting our practice and study here at Prairie Mountain Zen Center. So last week, we began where Buddha begins, with human suffering, our fear and vulnerability, and the enduring strength at the heart of the Buddha way manifests in its direct encounter with suffering. To, to practice the way of enlightenment is to study the self, writes Dogen Zenji. And to study the self is to study how it suffers. As one wise priest friend said recently, suffering is always our best teacher. Yet it is not easy to accept this or face into it directly. Doubt, resistance, and anger can arise as response to this direct practice and to all sorts of experiences in this world. Often when we come to practice, we are struggling and not sure where to turn. Like Buddha leaving the palace, we may have curiosity, yet we have also been touched by various types of suffering. And this includes our own efforts to chart our way through this life. By the time we come to practice, we have maybe tried many avenues, many strategies, and suffered many challenging experiences. These can include profound traumas that scar our heart and psyche, and they can include efforts to follow a path that we thought ideal or desirable. Often when we come to practice, it is because we have nowhere else to go. It's as if we've exhausted all possibilities, reached a dead end. Yet, still, we have the energy to seek for something. Yet maybe now it's something beyond our own powers, the assistance of a different kind of practice, a different kind of way. Certainly we may enter a zendo or a temple with trepidation the first time we walk in the door. Doubt may be a palpable presence that first time or throughout our introductory experiences. And in Zen, there is frequently a lack of oral instruction, which, when combined with black robes and black cushions, can lead to more anxiety, even anger. There can arise a sense that other people already know what to do and why, 
or that certain invisible leaders have all the authority, while we newcomers are expected to be silent, obedient. These worries and perceptions can lead to significant resistance and doubt about practice and about our participation in it. To proceed in practice with these psychological and emotional challenges is difficult. They can diminish any trust we might have in the teacher, the practice, the Sangha community, even in Buddhism itself. And how these elements combine, they can make it very difficult for practitioners to open fully enough into practice to benefit by it. Frequently, resistance is a product of ancient twisted karma. And yet it's helpful to recall that our ancient twisted karma is more than just ourself in this life. It's built up over time through generations and through our encounters with others. There's so many threads in the ancient twisted karma. And so it can be helpful to remember we do the repentance vows and we let go all this buildup in body, speech, and mind. Yet sometimes there are aspects of practice in particular temples that can obstruct practitioners, new or old. And without a doubt, Zen has a cool aura in the sense that Zendos and lay temples present an atmosphere of quiet intensity that can be intimidating or mysterious. When facing this atmosphere, our own inner confusions and worries can intermingle with external conditions in ways that undermine rather than support practice. This is where practice of gratitude, expressing gratitude actively, can help. As we saw last week, gratitude in Zen begins with bowing. With acknowledgement of Buddha, every moment. While at first bowing can appear to Westerners as a kind of acquiescence or obeisance, in actual practice, we bow to Buddha inside our hearts, inside our cushions, inside the Sangha, the Dharma sister and Dharma brothers to either side and across facing us, bowing to Buddha in us and themselves. In this way, bowing brings forth the goodwill and gratitude for being that is as present as our breath. Zazen focuses on breath, moment by moment. Without our breath and the air we breathe, life would not be possible. Establishing the one seat, we take the posture of Buddha, sitting upright beneath the Bodhi tree, breathing in. We feel in our entire bodies the movement of the living breath, the gentle breath that keeps us alive, even when we forget and don't notice it. In this respect, Zen is a practice 
reminding us moment to moment of the vital aliveness in our being and recognizing this to be the fundamental condition of all living beings, we can open into gratitude for this one precious life. Our immersion in this life with myriad other living beings without whom we could not be alive. The fundamental practice in Zen centers on holistic experience and the noticing of the human breath as it imbues this life and this specific body, heart, mind. Opening into this experience is opening into gratitude for life itself, for the precious air and light that this universe, this earth provides. Without all these non-self elements, no embodied living beings could evolve and thrive. Breathing into this awareness with our entire being, we open into the practice of Zen. By orienting ourselves to this fundamental practice, this fundamental element, noticing the breath, we enter a subtle training one that asks us to notice mindfully and systematically a range of foundational elements in being human. We notice our bodies with all their subtleties and nuances, the blood, bones, and marrow of immense intricately related systems, so refined and rarefied that we see again how they are imbued with and sustained by non-self elements, especially oxygen and water. Settling into this awareness, this zazen, we open hearts in gratitude to how our bodies could not exist or function without these elements of the earth and the solar system, the universe. We, our bodies, are not separate entities, but rather completely fundamentally interdependent living organisms within a much wider living organism that sustains us. We notice this, and in Zazen, we settle into it. Next, we notice our feelings, specifically in three ways. We notice how we are averse, how there's things we don't like, the twinge in our knee, the crick in our back, the way someone spoke to us, the way we were treated. We notice how we desire. I want that. I want this. Maybe I just want the bell to ring. I want. And we notice how we're neutral, mostly towards the things that we don't notice or do not find either attractive or repulsive. Like my carpet, maybe, it's so dull. Or the walls, they're so plain. Or the bare patches between the rose bushes in the rose garden, so plain, so nondescript, or without which the rose could not grow or flower. With gratitude and wonder, we notice how we are dependent upon these external objects and things 
intermingling with our capacity to feel emotional responses. The complexity of this intricate system goes far beyond the self. Yet Zen practice provides a specific tool to notice this interdependent non-self relationship dynamic. We practice being mindfully aware, moment by moment, watching what we conceived of as self and other drop away. Next, we notice our thinking. Practice being mindfully aware when thoughts arise, noticing when we grasp onto them as if they were tangible, real objects. I was just reading Uchiyama Roshi before class, and he was addressing that classic idea that once we had enlightenment, we have it. And we'll never have these disturbing thoughts ever again. And he's like, no, 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 no. He bats that away. He's like, as long as we are human, thoughts will arise. How do we open the hand of thought? How do we relax with our gratitude? Then in silence, in upright stillness, we watch as thoughts gradually dissolve and disappear along with our reactions to them. This is the third of four foundations of mindfulness. And it is essential enduring practice because the tendency of the self is to cling to thoughts, cling to long established patterns of thinking, cling to states of mind. We often find ourselves struggling to be free. The liberation we seek is not an end to thinking, but rather opening the hand of thought as Uchiyama expresses it. This phrase orients us toward a practice that gradually trains us to loosen our grip, the grip of our mind on our thinking and thoughts, to relax into more flexible awareness that more easily and effectively lets go. Being aware of when we are thinking, when we are lost in thought, lost in mind states, seeing this enhances our understanding of the self how easily it gets lost. Opening into experiential truth and understanding of this tendency of self liberates us from identifying with its patterns and habits, habits and patterns. Deep gratitude arises when our eye of practice opens this wide and we see at last how we've been tyrannized and trapped within thinking the self. We relax, fall into laughter and joy and dance. Like Zhuifeng when he awakened in the snow with Brother Yanto on Turtle Mountain. The release and relief we experience manifests as abundant joy and the liberation of the entire universe. And maybe like Zhuifeng, we can finally settle down by the fire and fall asleep, like Brother Yanto does. The fourth foundation focuses on mindful awareness of dharmas, groups of phenomena organized in ways that reflect the goal of Buddha's teaching. 
in this set of group groups are included the five hindrances, the five aggregates or skandhas, the six pairs of sense bases, the seven factors of enlightenment and the five noble truths. Contemplating these groups of phenomena of the fourth foundation, we systematically liberate self from clingy, sticky habits that obscure our Buddha nature. The five hindrances are central obstacles to realization or awakening. Sensual desire, ill will, dullness and drowsiness, restlessness and worry, and doubt. From the Pali Canon, the Satipatthana Sutta instructs practitioners not merely to observe the hindrances, but to discern how they arise, how they can be removed by direct mindful action, and how they can be prevented from arising in the future. Taking the time to practice this foundational sutra grounds practitioners in the fundamentals. As Bhikkhu Bodhi writes in a 2021 article published in Lion's Roar, quote, when the hindrances subside, we proceed to investigate the field of experience. This can be undertaken through either of two complementary objects of contemplation. One, the five aggregates, the object domain of clinging, which includes material form, feeling, perception, volitional activities, and consciousness. And the other field, the other object of contemplation is the six sense bases, which are arranged in pairs, pairs of sense faculty and object. So these are familiar as eye and sights, ear and sounds, nose and smells, tongue and tastes, just as the Heart Sutra expresses it. The body and tactile objects, the mind and mental objects, these are to be directly noted. Together with any attachment or aversion that arise, one is to discern how these fetters arrive arise, excuse me, how they are abandoned, and how they may be permanently eliminated. Close quote. Admittedly, this systematic approach is not often utilized in Zen, yet it offers a foundational approach to a liberation and awakening such that gratitude and joy can enter our hearts while trouble Anxiety, doubt, and suffering drop away. Bhikkhu Bodhi concludes, the whole evolving course of practice leading to enlightenment thus begins with mindfulness, which remains constant throughout as the regulating power ensuring that the mind is clear, cognizant, and balanced. When we are not in this awakened state, of course, we suffer. Our struggles vary, ranging from uh, mental stress to emotional anxiety to anger and reactivity. Doubt itself is one of the most pervasive and disruptive of the five hindrances. When caught in doubt, we easily migrate to resistance, even to anger, 
But through the practice, we become much more alert to these three difficult elements, to anger, doubt, and resistance. We feel more palpably the toxicity and pain and suffering. And therefore, we become more adept at noticing and letting it go. Opening into these experiences is fundamental practice in the Buddha way. It is not easy. And frequently meeting these things frequently enhances resistance in the early stages as we gradually realize what is required. As Pema Chodron instructs, we need to cultivate the spiritual, spiritual warrior within without the courage and ability to return again and again to meet our suffering directly, we will not allow ourselves to be instructed by it. But if we allow ourselves to proceed, channel our inner spiritual warrior in order to not turn away, we open fully into the Buddha way that transforms our inner world into the Bodhisattva path. To practice gratitude as antidote does not have to wait. We can cultivate now, wherever we are, this practice. By cultivating simple gratitude, we can open our hearts and eye of practice in every moment. Like Thich Nhat Hanh, in peace is every step. We look and see that there is sunshine in a simple piece of paper. Without the light and warmth of the sun, the tree cannot grow, the logger cannot be born, the tree cannot be harvested and milled, and the paper cannot be made. Water and rain are also here in this simple sheet of paper, so like a leaf connected to a tree that grows in the living earth, drawing on soil and stream to grow tall and strong. Without the cup on our table at breakfast, we cannot sip the water or coffee that gives us life. Even a simple ceramic mug offers a beautiful shape, perfectly crafted to hold the water and pour it to our lips. Without the soil to make the ceramic vessel, without the rain that falls to fill the stream, without the wood which makes the fire, we cannot make the mug. Gratitude is here and now found in simple acknowledgement of simple things we too often take for granted. Like the breath that, without our willing it, breathes ourself into being moment by moment. The life of ourself cannot come into being and flourish. Walking, waking into, excuse me, waking into and practicing gratitude is a practice we can cultivate every day. Antidote to self-clinging and the suffering that obscures our Buddha nature and the vital awakening of the Bodhisattva path. Thank you. You've been listening to a Dharma talk from Prairie Mountain Zen Center in Longmont, Colorado. To learn more about us or to make a donation, visit us at prairiemountain.org.